I woke up Monday to uh, devastating news that Paul Rubens uh, had passed away. And, um, you know, you lose, we lose people <clears throat> all the time. There's always hearing about people that have uh, died. And um, obviously, uh, you, you know, some you know better than others, but uh, it really uh, hit me that Paul was gone. Uh, he didn't tell a lot of us, uh, I don't think any of us, that that he was sick. He's been uh, fighting, I think, uh, his illness for a number of years. And um, I just adored this guy. Uh, and I think one of the... Um, things that people need to know is that obviously uh, the character of Pee-wee was just mind-numbingly funny and surreal and hilarious and original. He was so funny as, as Pee-wee, but Paul, when he was just Paul Rubens, he was so quick, so razor sharp, uh, such a delightful person, a very sensitive guy. And... Um, you know, I, I sent this out in a tweet. He would always be sending over on anyone's birthday. If he knew them even slightly, he would fill their inbox that day with all these like silly cartoons and memes about birthday, old Disney cartoons, old weird memes about birthday and cats falling into birthday cakes. And he would do it all day long. And uh, it wasn't just me. It was just anybody that he encountered <laughs> he would do this for and uh, such a lovely way of, we all just wanna feel seen or recognized and for someone like Paul to do that for so many people is just a gorgeous kind of statement. That's a gorgeous statement of who he was. And uh, I have a bunch of memories, but one thing, you know, he came to my Christmas party this year and he brought, I think 15 gifts, all individually wrapped. And they're all silly things, but individually wrapped gifts. Um, my Christmas party the year before, he brought a, a peewee Chia Pet head. <laughs> so I put it out on display this last year and Paul came. And uh, it was, did you guys see him? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. He was there yeah. and... Uh, and uh, you know it's hard to believe this is what five months ago, whatever, yeah. whatever it was. But he was at the party, and um, he brought all these gifts, so many that Paul died on Monday, and I came upstairs, and it really hit me hard. And I walked into the area just right next to my kitchen, and I suddenly saw it. But I remembered there were. We opened up all of them, but there were so many, we didn't get to two and they're still there wrapped and I can't do it. Like uh, I, no. I cannot open them because that feels like, uh, f you know, finishing. I don't, I just want to leave them wrapped for right now and I will unwrap them, but I want to leave them unwrapped. But then the other thing that happened last night, which just is uh, surreal and magical, as you know, Sona, I'm not a computer person. Right. And so uh, I've been trying to get better at some guitar licks recently. And I have 
this really good guitar teacher who's been helping me out. And his technique is he sits with me for like two hours, works with me, and then he sends me these files. It's videos of him explaining once again how to do it so I don't forget. And I'm not good at this. I'm terrible at this. So I, you know, he sent it to me. I pressed the button to download it and it went somewhere in my computer and I wasn't sure where it went. So last night, I start looking around in the file part of my computer, which I never do. I never do that. And yeah, you can attest no, that this is not something I do. And I'm looking at like the Google Chrome and I'm looking at this and I'm like, yeah. where would this go? And then I find a, a big thing of files and I'm going, and I never do this. And I'm going through the whole thing of files and seeing all these JPEG 33, this many millibytes, whatever. I, I'm sorry. You're really <laughs> imbuing those with personality that they don't have. I know. I'm yeah. sorry. I apologize. I'm seeing numbers and I'm seeing files and some of them are miscellaneous things we did for the COVID shows, for oh, the late yeah. night show during COVID. Some of them are during, I mean, just literally just filled with stuff. And then I see this tiny, tiny little square and it's this little person. And, I, and I'm thinking, that looks like Paul. And I click on it. And it's a message from a year ago that he sent me that I had watched at the time. And it was for my birthday a year before last. So it's, you know, a year and two months, it's 14 months ago, whatever it was, 15 months ago. And he just suddenly comes up on the screen and talks to me. And I remember this message because I loved it so much and saved it. But it was, but I had forgotten and he sent, he, it's just him talking to me and telling me in a way, it felt like he was saying goodbye because it was him saying, you know, how much he values our friendship and I'm not going to get into, you know, details about it, but it was such a, I was just stunned and it was, I think six minutes long and really funny, but also just incredibly sweet and him talking to me. And I just, it, I, uh, when it was done, I went in and I told my wife what I had just watched and she was, she started crying and she said, oh my God, good for him. Like he, he went out of his way to tell people what they meant to him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He went out of his way to be sweet and kind and, um, you know, I know he's, I don't know. And and I'm sure he did that for a lot of people. And it made me realize what a generous thing to do if um at the you know, this is just a year ago, so he knows he's not well. And uh to do that, to to uh extend yourself like that and do that. And it's such a gift because we we lose people and we have no idea yeah. how, you know, and this this was a this was a nice thing he did. It sounds crazy, but it made me feel so much better. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like he just showed up on my computer magically and had this nice conversation with me. Um, I don't know. I just uh, I've been thinking about him constantly, and it felt appropriate. He was on the podcast in 2020, and again, this is Paul. This is not Pee Wee. This is Paul, and I don't know how well you guys remember it, He's so quick yeah. and so agile and fast and delightful. I also and I, remember him being pretty humble about things, you know, not wanting to overstep verbally and things like that. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's, I don't know, not, we shall not see his like again. 
you think about all the people in comedy and how certain people work certain niches and then there's this one person he's a singularity you know he created <laughs> he created this absolutely you, you no one could would ever in a million years think of peewee herman and then uh and and he and, and it was so funny in so many different ways that character it's and, universally loved too uh, my dad yeah. and i have very different senses of humor generally and we both love that movie and we watched it so much when i was a kid that i texted him when he passed away and we had this little moment of you know the end of an era because we love that movie so much yeah and he does my dad who's very you know 50s dad will bust out in that peewee laugh and just loves love that man yeah mm -hmm. yeah well this is we wanted to um in honor of paul play uh his uh this is a rebroadcast uh we're gonna play for you right now it's from as i said 2020 and um and i think uh what makes me happy is i think adam you said he was talking to you and that he had had a really good time and uh yeah i'd i'd, I'd run into him a couple times we had mm -hmm. with meetings and i ran into him and, and both times that i saw him that were fo that followed the podcast he brought up how much fun he had how much great feedback he got uh after he did the podcast and just how comfortable he was and it just made him feel good well that's why that's that's why i wanted to put a spotlight on paul because obviously it's it's hard to compete with peewee but what i loved is that paul came on yeah and um and you could see i mean uh my God, you know, there's a there's a few handful of people who are so lightning fast that it makes me question if I should be in this business. <laughs> and Martin Short is 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 one, and and Paul Rubens was so fast and and thought in this weird lateral left brain way, uh, and was such a delight that uh, anyway, just he was so, he was so playful too. Yeah, very playful and. Um, so we have, uh, I think we should just, there's not much more to say other than, uh, we love you, Paul, and, uh, thank you for your generosity of spirit and for your silliness and your loveliness. And, uh, here's Paul having fun. Um, and, uh, let's let her rip. Hello, my name is Paul Rubens, a.k.a. you-know-who, the artist formerly known as Prince. And I want to say right now at this very moment that I feel fantastic about being That's so friend. sweet. Do I you do. really? I really do. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are gonna be friends Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends 
you showed up, and the first thing you did was demand hand sanitizer. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, and you said that you were petrified of catching a cold. Well, it's flu season, I want to remind you. That's very good. So you suddenly were doing a public service announcement. Well, I mean, I'm kind of a walking public service announcement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... And also, can I just say this? You applied it on your hands, I think, for a full 10 minutes. Liber liberally. Liberally. And can other, other people jump in if I'm telling yeah. the truth? There's you were still And you rubbed your hands for a long time as if you were not sanitizing your hands, but planning world domination. I want to just say that I thought the hand sanitizer thing was off limits, but... Apparently no, not. Nothing's I, off limits here. Okay. This podcast is on the edge. <laughs> wow. You like that? Yeah. Okay. Being as edgy as I am. Yeah. As zedgy. Oh, zedgy. <laughs> Very nice. You imp. Yeah. You impish imp. Yeah. Who doesn't love you? I mean, you're seriously, I you're- You know, I wake up feeling that in the morning. When I get up, I'm like, who doesn't love me? And then, <laughs> you know, all day long, I'm reminded of all the people who don't love oh, me. Oh, okay. Well, just so, start, try and take that good feel in the morning and then stretch that out for the whole day. Speaking to public service announcements. There you the go. Way, yeah, we should I mean, all feel better about ourselves. This should. message we, brought to you. We really should. When I first started watching Pee Wee's Playhouse, my thought was, how did this get on TV? At that time, many of the people who were in, in charge of children's programming were severe alcoholics. <laughs> And I had no idea what it was. They just say, I mean, you must I'm be just kidding. If Judy, if you're listening, I'm just joking. And Judy, Seriously. you know who you are. Yes, she does. Um, and she's absolutely, I think, a teetotaler. So. Yeah, please. She took it as a joke. We're talking about Dame Judy Dench, are we not? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Used to be head of CBS Children's Programming. But anyway. Not to name drop. Yeah. CBS. Yeah. Wow. Nice. <laughs> That's a real network. Yeah, it um, is. Uh, uh, I, that's the noise I make to Phil when I don't know what to say next. I Listen to this. love that noise and I'm going to copy that. <laughs> Did they really not know what was going on? Because it was such a, such a strange show and still remains a brilliantly strange and innovative show. But in those times, did they not know what this was? You know, I don't, I don't have any idea what they knew. Did they give you notes on the show? Did you they know, say things they like- They gave me very few notes. The first note we ever got, we maybe got four notes in five years. And the first note I ever got, which by the way, just uh, is the first thing in the, in the very first episode. So it was a note I didn't follow. But they said, um, you can't stick pencils in potatoes. What? I think because it was dangerous or it was a weapon or whatever. Right. And I said, why? And they went, okay, you can. <laughs> so I think they just said it because they wanted a note and they didn't have a reason so they let me do it and it's the first thing we did as I just mentioned there um, there uh, <laughs> I have found over the years many years in television um, thank you uh, I'm glad you like my work I'm filling in stuff that you could be saying. But well, that's ridiculous. Please, Paul. I'm just a person. I'm just not a guy. Right. Well, gosh. I mean, I'd have to be really quick, right? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not. So, no, it's I okay. mean, you Whatever. Know, they have this thing called waiting a beat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, no, I, there's no time. I'm not going to live long. All right. I, I well, I hope high, that's wrong. I really sincerely sweet. hope that that's wrong. I have a diet very high in saturated fats. Um, uh, uh, I have found in my years of television that they often give notes because they have to give notes. Now, sometimes they give really good notes, and I've had many good notes in my career, but I've also had them say things where it's clear they're getting a paycheck, they need to say something, and so they 
they desperately say something like no corn on the cob can never be mentioned, never mention corn on the cob. And you don't know what they're talking about. And they say oh, it. I know who gave, I know that's, I have had that same note. That's you had the corn, the on, the corn the, on the cob girl. <laughs> yes. She gives that note to every single. Shailene, Shailene, the corn on the cob girl yes. always gives that note. That is a She's been giving that note, note. Yeah. for over 75 years uh-huh. and started in radio. So somebody outsmarted her and took the corn off the cob before they saw her. I love she it. She had nowhere to go. I love it. <laughs> This is going to go all over the place because that's my style. I'll be the judge of that, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. Go ahead. I love the fact that maybe once or twice a year, my phone will light up. It'll be either on my birthday or uh, it'll be on Halloween. And you'll send me the nicest little gifts and animations on my phone. And on my birthday, you bombard my phone and I've shown it to you, Sona. Uh-huh. My, my it phone happened be, on this podcast. It happened on this. That's right. It yeah. happened on the podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that was um, Halloween. Yeah. It I mean, was Halloween. And you cannot imagine how many people have told me about it. Right. Like, I didn't know. You know, like when people go like, remember when you sent Conan a GIF? Or yeah. A GIF? A GIF? Don't say GIF. Well. Sona, tell him how it's pronounced. I think it's technically pronounced GIF. Did you just take his side? I'm sorry. Sona, whenever I turn to you and I say, (laughs) can you please tell celebrity guest what the real deal is, always think of what I said and then make sure it lines up with what I said. Let's go to the Urban Dictionary. Paul, it's pronounced a gift. They would know. I think it's actually either one. Either one you like. Well, I don't want to get... It's it's been a long time since I've been that angry and I apologize. (laughs) I flew off the handle. But it was... We were here. We were shooting a podcast, taping a podcast, whatever the kids say. And my phone makes like a little vibrating sound because I'm kind enough to turn off the, the noise. And I look, and there's a dancing animated skeleton wishing me a happy Halloween, and it's from you. But the really impressive thing is on my birthday, you do it all day long. You start early in the morning, and you go all day. And I am such a child. I go up to people, and I go, look what Paul Rubin sent me. And it's a gif that anyone can send. But I'm so delighted that it came from you. And it's always this great 1930s, 1940s animation. uh, And it's, you know, happy birthday stuff. It's really fun. I like it myself. I'm happy to, and I do it all day long, like you just said. I'm just going to repeat what you just said. I know, but but what I'm curious about is, on that day, on my birthday, April 18th, everybody. When is it? April 18th. So you haven't had it yet this year. No. In 2020. Is this 2020? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know when this is going to air, but I think it's going to air before April. But I'm going to tell you this. On April 18th, and please, if you have to get me a gift, you know. I'm getting you a gift, not a gift. (laughs) (laughs) Multiple gifts. Quite a few, as you just mentioned, to all your readers. I mean, your listeners. They're readers. This is put out as a magazine. Really? (laughs) Yeah. This is, we're doing this. We tape it. And then we have a very nice person here at the show who types it out in a stenography pool and then uh, sends it off. And it's distributed as a magazine. It does very poorly. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very bad idea. We lose a lot of money on it. The point is this. You clearly spent your whole day thinking, I got to send Conan some more. I got to send Conan some more. And that meant that I was on your mind all day on my birthday. You know what's really on my mind on on your birthday and many other people's birthdays? You wouldn't know, so I'm going to tell you. I'm... This is so weird because I do it anyway, but I'm like kind of paranoid that I'm overdoing it, which I am overdoing it, obviously. It's funny but how you I kind of it, yeah. like think, you know, is so and so, is Conan going like, oh my God, like, will he stop? I mean, and I think like, you're not in a position to really like rain on my parade in this particular 
kind of thing. You can't like text me. I mean, you could, but you you, you would be. I, if I said stop yeah, sending you, me happy dancing birthday yeah, cakes, stop celebrating then I'm a jerk. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like, <laughs> like I'm kind of like I, I'm. Oh, there's an edge of cruelty to it. Well, there, <laughs> no, there's an edge of like schizophrenia about it because I'm, I'm really literally going, wow, should I do it again? You know, is, is, you know, what time is it? Is it dinner time? And then I think like, <laughs> yeah, send. Right. Send, send. You did it right up until almost midnight, just before midnight. You squeezed one in under the wire. I wasn't sure where you were either. Oh, I, you know, I do go past midnight also sometimes thinking like, if you're still up, it's still your birthday. That's my thought on it. Right. I mean, maybe your readers want to like chime in on that and say <laughs> they don't agree with that kind of a thing, or they pronounce it Jeff. No, it's Jeff. <laughs> I think it's GIF. I go with GIF. And you know what? I'm just going to put that out there in the universe. I'm going with GIF, and let's all agree on GIF, okay? Mm-hmm. No, I make noises here. Oh. You do, I can't believe you're making my noise over there. I, I thought I changed it up a you little. You did change it. Yours is less desperate than mine's more of got a milky. Yours, had, yours was drier. Mine was like a little uh, flavor of early Jerry. That would be Jerry Orbach? Uh, Jerry Herman. Yeah. Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis. Yeah, I don't know why I'm bringing Jerry Lewis up. Well, first of all, I'm going to notice that many of your references today date from the 40s and 50s, um, the 1940s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to make references from the 2040s and 50s because I see well into, into the, future. the future. Yes, I do. But we'll get there. Mine are all really old references, as you just said. You know, because I've, I've noticed that you love old show business, and I know that as a kid— I mean, your first love was the circus. You wanted to join the circus. I did. You did yes. join the circus or you did want to? I did want to. Yeah. And I did join. No, I didn't join. What it. would you have done in the circus? Was there I was a- just practicing just like, yes, one line, you know, one word answers just for just one second. I won't do it again. Okay. No. And do you like that? Yes. And you did murder. but you thought about joining the circus so you loved old time show business you know what we we moved when I was a little kid around fifth grade fourth grade we moved to Sarasota Florida from upstate New York and Sarasota at that time was the winter headquarters of the Ringling Brothers Circus and so to me I already was obsessed with show business and wanting to be an actor and perform. Right. And so when I got to Florida and you could walk in the supermarket and, and go circus, 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 normal person, circus performer, regular person, circus performer, I was so excited by that. And I kind of thought this is as close, I'm, I may never get closer than this in terms of show business. So I kind of panicked a little bit and thought, you know, Maybe you should figure out what you could do in the circus if you don't actually ever get to Hollywood or New York. Because when I was even younger, when we lived in upstate New York, I would sit on the floor watching I Love Lucy or watching my dad watch like Phil Silver's show, Sergeant Bilko. And I would watch my dad laughing at that. Or I would be watching Lucille Ball and laughing my head off and thinking like... I would look around and I'd be like, this can't be my real life. Like, these can't be my real parents. And like... You know, I've got to get into this somehow. Yeah, how am I ever going to get out of Oneon to New York and get to Hollywood? This would be when I would be like four years old. Yeah, but you took it a step further. You actually tried to get jobs. Didn't you like write Walt Disney a letter? 
I did write Walt Disney. Boy, you know a lot of stuff. I wrote Walt Disney a letter. I waited by the mailbox for months for an answer. Mm-hmm. The letter came with a recording. I recorded a song and sent it to Walt Disney also. And it was on a reel-to-reel tape. And it was me singing Haley Mills' song, Let's Get Together, mm-hmm. from The Parent Trap. Mm-hmm. And my letter was like, dear Mr. Disney, I am so much better than Kevin Corcoran. He was like Moochie. He was the kid who was in every Disney. You, so you wrote a letter that said, hey, that guy who's your Disney star, I'm better than him. Yes. You should see me, Mr. Disney, because I am so way better than this other kid. That's incredible. Yeah. And and and, and then, you, of course, you enclose the tape of you singing. Mm-hmm. And you get a letter back from Walt, from Walt Disney. No. Oh, no, I wouldn't say that part. No, no, I waited every day by the mailbox, and nothing ever came. Maybe he passed away around then. It's possible that— You know, he he actually—I checked to make sure that he was still alive each day. They said the day he died, he opened a letter and got really mad (laughs) and then dropped dead. That's a true story. They said he opened a letter, uh, a recording fell out. Uh, Walt Disney. He was listened in, to my recording Walt, and dropped it. No, no, no. And Walt Disney was enraged at the effrontery that someone said, I'm so much better than who you've got— he said, what child would have the nerve? And then he just dropped. That's he, what I've always been I know told. the answer to that, too. I'll tell you what child would have the nerve, and that would be Kevin Corcoran's sister, Noreen Corcoran, <laughs> oh, who man. was also a child actress. She was older than him, and she was the daughter. You know, maybe some of your listeners right now could get out their, their smartphones and look up Noreen Corcoran. Noreen Corcoran. IMDB or wherever you look. Yeah, if you're driving, up. don't do that. Uh, and also, it's a reference that even the phone will probably blow up. Um, make and sure probably you, no one cares really except well, me, but I care so deeply. You about care very subject. deeply that, about Noreen Corcoran. Noreen, if you're listening right now, good luck because you would. I think she's passed away, but no, she probably hasn't. She <laughs> oh probably my God. Hasn't. Well, you're a terrible. Uh oh, there you go, right there. Noreen Corcoran. What? She was the daughter on. She did pass away. Yeah. <laughs> she passed away today. No, not really. <laughs> Today. He passed away quite a, uh, quite a while ago. Well, this is ago. just a downer all the way around, and <laughs> a terrible moment for podcasting, I just want to say. What date is today? Uh, well, we never get Oh, we can't say, but she no, you died on what I think might be today. Seriously, I'm not what? kidding you. Is that today, State? January 15th. Was that yesterday? What's today? Today's the 17th. Wait, you managed to bring up this woman ago. who nobody listening knows about, and then we check into her and we find out that she died on the day that we're recording this podcast. Don't forget, Noreen. I forgot her name already. Oh, Corcoran. for God's sake. You Noreen just said Corcoran it. sent you. It's like a large Marge sent you kind of story. <laughs> you know, I'll never forget the first time I met Noreen Corcoran. It was on a night just like this. <laughs> I knew everything about every child star at the time. And so Haley de- Mills was my all-time obsession. Haley you Mills. desperately wanted to be a child star, and you were angry at the existing child stars because you thought you were better. Mm-hmm. Did you, be honest, demonstrably have better skills than they did at the time? Absolutely. I mean, I wish there was someone around who could back that up, but, you know, there isn't. Could you dance? I mean, I wanted to be uh, in an entertainer when I was a kid, and I made my parents get me tap dancing lessons. Oh, my God. Because I thought— and this is like the 1970s. I thought that you needed to know how to tap dance to be in show business because the only movies you they, did, yes, at, at, some, at one point. But no, not in, the in the 30s, 70s. in the 1930s, yeah, right. in the 70s, you needed to know Martin Scorsese, and right. uh, you know <laughs> you needed to have a brooding, uh, you know, sort of cloud over your head. No, there was there was no. I don't know why I got that misinformation. 
This makes so much... Now I understand why you insist on tap dancing at all your parties. I never connected <laughs> I make everyone's. I make everyone sit. I, and then they hear Everyone's me. happy to do it, seriously. Yeah. They love it. They love watching you tap. You often leave halfway through, I'm noticing. It's a 40-minute no, routine. I'm just going outside to have like a, you know, take a deep breath. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> it's just to collect myself because I'm so blown away by your tapping. So, um... Are you, to this day, do you wish you'd been a child star? Or you think, I mean, it all worked out so well yes, for you. Yes, no, I'm, when I actually finally, quote unquote, made it in mm-hmm. Hollywood, right. I was so happy that I was older, that I, you know, I was in my late 70s, I think, when that happened. <laughs> right. And I was very, very happy that I didn't make it as like a teenager or a 20 year old. It goes so badly for anyone who gets in as a child, so badly that the only example they have of it going well is Jodie Foster. Of all the hundreds and thousands of people that have been child stars, they always say, Jodie Foster turned out okay. Mm-hmm. So there's one. Everyone else uh, murders and sets fires before they're 15 years old. Is that true, Sona? I don't know. Natalie Portman? Murderer. Oh, okay. <laughs> she wasn't caught. But uh, she's, yeah, she committed a series of crimes in the Pacific Northeast. Ryan Reynolds? The, no, uh, I'm thinking about Ryan Gosling. See, you Gosling. can't even do it. Gosling, Ryan yeah. Gosling Jason was in the Bateman? Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, Ryan Gosling, arsonist. Oh, uh, convicted? You said Jason J- Bateman. Yeah, Jason Bateman. Have you hung out with Jason Bateman? No, I'm just it scared. didn't turn out well. Yeah. Okay. Ron Horrifying. Howard. Ron Howard uh, stole jewelry from graves. <laughs> That's a true story. Uh, when, I, when I first met these Mark- are all true stories about uh, celebrities, and don't even bother to look it up because it's just that true. <laughs> and don't bother to mention it to them or their lawyers. Ron Ga- Ron Howard, a grave robber. I'm having dinner with Ron Howard as soon as this is over. Well, notice <laughs> he's wa- notice, he doesn't know about it yet. Guess what? Notice this. Take a good look. He'll be, he'll be wearing four watches and six rings, and <gasps> they'll be covered in dirt. Oh my God! I was at a meeting many years ago. Well, I have two Ron Ho- Howard stories. So I'd like to tell you really. Really slowly, right? <laughs> One of them is when I first met Ron Howard. It was I auditioned for um, Night Shift. Was that the movie with um, Michael, oh, Michael Keaton? Yeah. Yes, Michael Keaton. I, I believe yes. That was Michael Keaton's breakout so role. I auditioned. Well, that could have been that could have been my Rocky. That um, that could have been me. Did you audition for Rocky as well? I did not. Okay. Um, you auditioned for Ron Howard I, for this I, for this big role, you're the role that made me made. back. You're bringing me back. You bet. I have to. Um, so uh, yes, and I I blew the whole audition. I mean, only one of many reasons I blew the audition, but the main thing is I couldn't not go as soon as I sat down to go. I gotta just tell you, Mr. Howard, I was so jealous of you when I was a kid because I and I like you know practically had to lay down and like tell my story. You like, told him how much therapy. you resented him as a yes. as a child actor. Yes, I did. You never I, do I that. never told you this. No, no. But I'm just saying that what a mistake to tell him. I bitterly hated you. Hindsight when you, is twenty forty, isn't it? Like, isn't that what people say? <laughs> I would have known I, not to do that at the time. And I think it's common I sense. I did not. I didn't know. So you told That Ron was my it. second audition. The only other audition I'd ever had for a movie before that was in The Chosen with Robbie Benson. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even say that without without laughing, but. Robbie Benson yeah. was the teen heartthrob of the that day. That could have been my Rocky. <laughs> I, don't, I think we all find the path that we're meant to find. And I'm. I read that somewhere. I think it was on a cookie. Um, well, I later went to a meeting in a skyscraper with Ron Howard and his partner. And um, in the middle of a pitch, 
I reached, I was just sort of nervously reaching around behind me in, on the couch I was sitting at, and I stuck my hand in the crack of the couch, and there was money in it. Like coins had fallen down. And I stopped in the middle of this pitch and practically squealed like a pig and went, <laughs> oh, my God, there's money back here. And I stood up and pulled the cushion out and started, like, pulling, like, coins out. And then I turned around, and everyone in the room's mouth, jaws were dropped open. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, people were looking at me like, are you kidding me? You're the you're a disaster. It was hor- I made so many mistakes like that. Right. Many, many, and I'd like to tell you all 40 or 50 of them right now. <laughs> I want to hear them, but first we're going to take a quick break. <gasps> and now we're back. Good break, huh? Oh, that was quick. I feel like we didn't even have a break, but. We really didn't. They're inserting some commercials later on. Oh, okay. Commercials that'll earn us hundreds of dollars. <gasps> okay. You'll see small a small part us. of that. Us, huh? Yeah, us. Okay. I <laughs> share right. the wealth equally with everyone in this really? room. Really? Yes. I points what? in this podcast? This oh. particular one episode? I'm just, you know, Not you. say yes right you now. Gotta, you're whatever, on, you're done. Hey, whatever change you can find here, whatever coins you can find here, you can keep. And <laughs> yeah. that's your payment. I'd just like to point out, I'm not even on a couch. I'm in a, you know, what is this? A, it's an office chair. What do you chair. call this, a chair? <laughs> <laughs> can I just say one of the things that delighted me so much uh, in your work is the that you would call a chair cherry, that everything was alive. When I was a kid, uh, that was my sense of humor, is that everything was alive. And everything ended in E. Well, it Cherry, clocky, <laughs> everything ends with E. But I really was the kind of kid that would put something in a go in a drawer and say, thanks, drawer. And the drawer would be like, mm, I'm just doing my part. And, I, you know, I'm still, right? I'm still like that. I still, I love a world where everything's alive. I think that's the kind of world I want to live in. I used to like that. Now I like a world where everything is dead. <laughs> oh, my Pretty God. much. No, no, I'm just kidding. I kid because, because I'm a professional kidder. Yeah. And I, um, although you would be the judge of that better than me. I don't think so. so. I'm not trying to set you up here or myself. But I, um, I, yeah. I, uh, you seem like a kid to me that would have, just based on your sense of humor and what you came up with, that you had, uh, you would have had an active imagination and uh, worked out all these fantasies in your head when you were a kid. That you know, there are people like that. I comedians I talk to where I say, yeah, I picture them up in their room creating a whole world, you know. And then there's the other type of comedian that just angrily goes out and uh, they craft their comedy out of uh, loathing and revenge. Which one are you? I'm, I'm going to bet the first one. Hmm. Let me think about that for. 15 or 20 minutes. Um, you really don't I, understand this format, do you? No, I, <laughs> no, I was going to ask you, and then we just jumped in so fast, but the pod part of it is the part I didn't really understand. And I was going to look it up before. I, I don't know. I've not been doing this very long, and I don't know why they're called podcasts. I don't know anything about it. Uh, I do it. People that have put a lot of thought into podcasts uh, are enraged by my indifference. <laughs> Um, to the whole medium, but I, I, I enjoy it, but I don't know what pod means. I don't know why it's called podcast. Yeah, me neither. And I don't even really care. I mean, I'm here, right? I mean, I didn't go like, you know, unless you can explain what pod means, I'm not doing it. Okay, <laughs> I'm just here for a free meal. Can, can I just jump in with, with one story I just thought of that I was trying that's to think whole, of? Like that's the back. whole point of what we're doing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're allowed to, when you think of something that you think I would be good. I just put it in a pod and you just, send it off. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so when I put the headphones on 
They still call these headphones, right? <laughs> yeah. I call. I put the headphones on, and I listen to my voice coming through the headphones, and I'm like, "Wow, who is that? Who's that nasally voice there?" Because um, you know, I just like I don't, I don't ever like to listen to my voice, so mm-hmm. I won't be listening to this podcast. I'm just telling you now. But when I made my tape to Walt Disney, soon after that, I believe, I think it was shortly after that because it was the end of my singing career for many, many years, I went to New York with my dad and we went in an, a, a booth where you could make a record. You mm-hmm. put money in and you would sing into a microphone and then a record would come out. And we lived really far away. And I probably sang the same song that I had sang for Walt Disney. This was a couple years later, so it was different technology. I went from real to real tape to a, a vinyl. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I, I'd like to take a break, commercial break, and then come back to the rest of the story in a couple of hours. Yeah. Um, I uh, held that record on my, on my lap all the way back to Oneonta, New York, like a two or three hour drive from Manhattan, and ran in the house and put it on the record player and listened to about the first four notes. And it was, I think, like maybe the first or second time, maybe the first. I probably recorded that thing for Walt Disney and never even checked it. So this might be it. the first time you're really listening to your voice. Right. And I freaked out so bad that I grabbed the record and ran outside and smashed it on the sidewalk oh and didn't sing again until I auditioned for some musical when I was like a young teenager, like, 13 or something. So so you heard your voice for the first time. I mean, now with phones and everything, the technology we have now, everyone hears their voice all the time. But yeah, you hadn't heard your own voice. No, no, I had it coded. I hadn't heard it before. And I, no, it was it Was, was that laughing or crying? That, I couldn't well, tell. I don't know what it was. Either. Okay. Well, <laughs> it was bad acting. Finding um, the change in the couch did not cost you that audition. No. <laughs> ooh, ooh. <gasps> I think it was that Good crying thing that did it. this is your show, buddy. Uh, uh, May I call you, buddy? Uh, I, I wish you would. Did. I wish uh-huh. you would. Um, okay. No, I... I uh, what That's can you say common. after a story that boring? Nothing. <laughs> that was I mean, a good hardly, story. That was, uh, wait a minute, nothing. that was a touching story. I just picture you going out and I picture it being snowy and there's snow banks and I picture you rushing out into the snow and, and hurling it against the asphalt and it shatters and then I see a bread truck going by and Mr. Pancetta leaning out and going, what's the matter, boy? And you say, my voice, my voice, I'll never make it in the business. He says, here, have a warm biscuit. And he hands you one and you bite into it and you know things will work out. It's so close to what really happened, except he leaned out and said, it's GIF. (laughs) (laughs) In that accent that you just said. Uh, I, I don't do accents. You, you worked with, um, I want to bring this up because uh, I worked with the man at Saturday Night Live for a number of years. Phil Hartman, I know you guys worked together. Did you we do did. improv with Phil? Yes. Back in the did. day? Yeah, he was in the groundings. He was just so fantastic. Uh, I just found a whole bunch of photos of, of uh, Phil in a box that I'm going through all these, uh, looking for all this stuff to show during the Pee-wee's Big Adventure 35th anniversary right, tour. Right. And so I found a bunch of photos of, of Phil. Because Phil worked on the movie with you. Phil co-wrote Big Adventure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people always ask me about Phil, and I always say, well, for my money, he was the best utility player that Sarnet Live has ever had. He could... He could play anything. He could be the dad in one sketch, then the juvenile delinquent in the next sketch. And so he was amazing that way. And the other thing I loved about, that was remarkable about Phil is that all the years I worked with him, people said, well, what was he like? He was always in character. (laughs) 
kind of when I would try to talk to him. I'd come in and I'd go, hi, Phil. And he'd be like, hello, kid. And then he'd say, keep them flying, boys. To me and the other writers, keep them flying. That's the way to go, fellas. And he would always talk like a, he was in a sort of a parody of a World War II movie. And then I'd see him out in the world sometimes. I'd see him walking down the street and be, hey, Phil, you know, hey, Phil how are you? It's aces, kid. <laughs> I thought, so I don't know. I'm, he was, probably, no, he was like that. You that's... probably, I don't know if you broke through and, and saw a different Phil, but that's the Phil I always saw. No, he was just like that with me. We, me and Phil and John Paragon were the three kind of uh, guys at the Groundlings, and we would sit in my car in the parking lot and just spend all hours and hours fantasizing about what it would be like if we were ever working actors and made our living as actors and mm-hmm. stuff. And it was just, when I think back on it now, it was so amazing and corny. Um you turned me on to this amazing, like, secret magic show once, <gasps> which we don't have to talk about if we we're can. not supposed to I talk about it. No, no, it's... But you took me to... You said, hey, I've got something you might be interested in, uh, and I thought you were going to sell me drugs, to be honest with you, and I was hoping that that's what would happen. But you didn't. You took me into this really interesting part of Los Angeles to this magical place where they put on kind of a burlesque show, and I took my wife, and it was just amazing. And then there was a party afterwards. But it felt like it was this secret world that nobody in L.A. knows about. And I'm sort of loath to even talk about it because I don't want to ruin the sort of coolness of it. Well, in, in actuality, they're making a documentary that's going to include quite a bit of stuff about that. The, the, the place you're talking about, the actual location of it is called Brookledge. That's the name of this property. And um, the, it, it was at one time the, the uh, destination for magicians before the Magic Castle. And the family, it was the Larson family that, that owned that property and still owns that property. And the two Larson brothers founded the Magic Castle. But their property, one of their property, Brookledge, had a little theater, has a little theater in the backyard that seats, I think it's about a 70-seat theater. It's tiny. And it's over a creek. There's a real creek that runs through this property in the middle of Los Angeles. And it's, and it's, there's, I guess, a, an underground, this is, I don't know, I would, this would be something you might know about. I don't I've know. never heard of it. You no. haven't heard of this? Because it sounds so up your alley. There's I don't a, know who you think I am, but yeah. There's a, apparently like a river that runs underneath Los Angeles and then it surfaces, or a creek, and it surfaces in this one little neighborhood and it runs right through this estate. What? And so there's Part a little like, babbling brook. Part of Los Angeles. I can't say. Oh, I think that's too personal. <laughs> I think it was a mistake even, us even saying Los no, Angeles. No, re- no, the reason is because they're making a documentary about the Magic Castle and this family and right. Brooklyn. And this will be part of it. There's quite a bit of stuff about Brooklyn. In well, it. it was magical. And I think you must know about all kinds of stuff like that. That's the, that's the absolute best one I know about. I do know about a few other places. Like a couple of times, the, the podcast is called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. And you and I have talked recently about getting together and getting a meal and I don't want to pick the place I want you to pick the I place I sent you a great places like three places I thought we'd be doing it after this podcast but you know I never heard back from you that's not true I it is true that's not true don't make Should... me go and resend that you sent email. me an email that invited yes. me to I said like what do you do after the podcast that I'll be doing on this date like weeks ago weeks I mean I'll give you one thing. It was over the holidays. So, oh, that know, might you explain were probably it. in. I was in Stad. San Tropez. No, I was in Stad. <laughs> I was in Stad with uh, some of the biggest celebrities you can imagine. 
um, the weekend. Uh, oh my God. It's a true story. I was in Stad with the weekend. Why are you laughing at that? Why is that funny to you? I feel like you just said any name that you think is hip and cool. You just saw Uncut Jones. Yeah. And that's why. <laughs> no, I was in Stad with the weekend. And if you, if you doubt me, you can ask the weekend. Oh, I'm sorry to use it. Was it for the weekend? Yeah, you were in Stad for yeah, the weekend. I think you're mistaken. <gasps> I, I, no, I, I don't. I didn't mean that. I, uh, I want to do more episodes of this. I, I listen. First of all, we'll see. We'll okay, see how this pans right, out. I get it. But um, where you want to be? But I know uh, the weekend but, also. By the way, do you and the weekday? <laughs> listen, all of your references so far have been Betty. Betty Grable is the newest reference. <laughs> the you've weekend. Made. I just said the weekend. You just repeated me, and oh, I said it because I, I think did. I You're saw right. it on a on a blog. <laughs> Um, anyway, I was in Stad for the with the weekend, so I did not see what you're talking about. And I'm a notoriously bad emailer. I don't. I'm not comfortable in the world of email. I prefer a letter in the mail. It's really how I prefer. I things. sent you several letters too. I, I resorted to email they only after, as I was saying to Grace Kelly and Monica <laughs> just recently about this very subject. But here's what I want to know: over the weekend, by the are way, are we too. going to? I kept thinking, I want. Paul to figure this out because I want to go someplace interesting. If it's up to me, it's going to be the Cheesecake Factory. And, I, and, and That's where I wanted to go. Did no. you really? <laughs> no. I was going to go to the Cheese Something Factory. But um, what are you doing? You just I'm going to write pen? down the name so I don't have to say it out loud and see if you've ever been to this restaurant because it's so – you have been there, I have right? been there. That's where I was going to suggest right. we went. Be, only if you he just never, wrote. He just wrote Hooters only if you, <laughs> on, a, on a piece of paper. I've been there. Only if you had never been here because – But I'd go there again. It's close to here, and this time of year the view is incredible. We're not talking about Hooters, by the way. That was just – you're just kidding a kidder, right? No, no, no. I, I, I Of course. I did what was called a joke. I it's made a joke. Hooters. Hooters. Who give? I will go there with you to that place. We can't say because if word gets out, let's face it, Paul Rubens and Conan O'Brien are going to a restaurant. I wasn't together. sure if you could even go out. Like if you go out places and people just, you know, talk to you all the time. And you know what I do? I go out dressed as lesser celebrities so that I'm not hassled. What? I really do. I go out disguised as a celebrity who I believe is a notch or two uh, below me. And um, and I don't want to say any names because I think that's hurtful. But that way, write one down. <gasps> oh, oh my God. God! Oh, I'm in a total agreement over that one. Yeah. See, but then there's and there's this one right here. Ooh, yeah. ghosty. No, I want to be. <laughs> no, I want to be bothered somewhat. I don't want to go out in disguise. I want people to kind of recognize me, and um, that's oh, I why. You. Yeah, that's why I'll go out as. Someone who was like in a sitcom in the 1980s and hasn't worked much since. So that people go, oh, you know, and I get some attention, but not, it's not the overwhelming, there's Conan O'Brien. Um, well, you can just imagine the mania that would break out if I were seeing I can only imagine it. So you've been with me many times and it's, it gets out of control. It does not get out of control. It gets completely out of control. Some people look at you and they're like, yeah. Is it him? No. Yeah. No, I feel it. like people look at me and go like, oh, my God, it's – no, it's not. It can't be him. Well, so let's talk about that because you made it in this huge way as this other entity. But when you walk around, people – do they do they know it's you right away? I don't think they do, but, you know, I, you know this too, or maybe you don't. Like, you can – I can never tell. 
And I'm always very into, I'm like, I, as I walk down the street, I'm like, does this person recognize me? Do they recognize me? Are you thinking about does that any, all the time? Oh, every second I'm wondering, are people recognizing me or not? <laughs> you know what's funny? <laughs> so if they do, there's a little anxiety, I bet, that they will recognize you because then you have to engage in conversation and you might, the bubble will be the broken. But if they don't recognize you, then your feelings are hurt. So you're in a fucked up situation. I was at your party at Christmas speaking mm -hmm. with somebody about this very subject. I'm not making this up and going, by the way, I am always in situations where people start to go, oh my God, I really love you. And I love that thing you did. And it turns out to be you. The person that I was talking to, it was Martin Short. Really? All the time, people, I'm halfway through and I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You're talking about Ed Grimley, not Pee Wee Herman. And they're like, oh. I mean, they never people go like confuse, same difference. But people confuse kind of like, you with Martin Short. Yes. That's quite often. Mm -hmm. And does anyone ever, do you think anyone ever goes up to Martin Short and thinks that they're Paul Rubens? If they do, Martin Short wasn't kind enough to tell that to <laughs> That would have been nice if he said it's that sure to you. Sure, he could have even made that up. You know what I get a you're lot? You're listening, Marty. I know your friends call you Marty. God, you're so much. You're so filled with venom. I am. Uh, a lot of a nerve. Hit a nerve. Ooh. Yeah. A lot of people think I'm Greta Gerwig. I get that a lot now. <laughs> what? They do. Come people on. say, "Oh my God, you're so young and you're beautiful." <laughs> you're, you're so Greta. much taller than. Yeah, you're very tall. How did you and, do yeah. little and women? How did you direct so little women? And I go. And I'm happy in the first part. And then I suddenly I'm like, no, 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 I'm not Greta Gerwig. And then I talked to Greta Gerwig and she said she does not get mistaken for me. <laughs> I want to meet Greta Gerwig. I really do. I That's that like happen. a serious, real thing. I'm saying it on your show in case she's out there or any of her friends are going, go, Greta, you know, he could be sending you gifts or gifs or whatever on your birthday. Um, so this, uh, a lot of celebrities listen to this podcast really, and I am, I'm going to say, and I'm not even kidding. There's a 95% chance that Greta Gerwig is listening right now. Well, I'm out to her people already. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, this is faster. All right. You're never going to get through her people. Okay. You know, after little women, that's a lot of people. Um, I loved little women and I loved the other movie that she made before that. Lady Bird. Lady Bird. If I you was really testing you. I knew the name of it. <laughs> Lady Bird, that's the uh, Lyndon Johnson story, right? It's the story of Lyndon Johnson, and the musical score was by The Weeknd. <laughs> so oh it all God. comes together. Full circle. Like, yeah. I know a lot of cool modern references. You seem to be very... Uh, backwards. And backwards and back in the 40s and the 50s. But a day doesn't go by that I'm not listening to the latest rap by Aquafina. <laughs> uh, or, um, you know... You know, uh, wearing the latest threads. Uh, I know what to do. No. You couldn't even think of another person to name. I said Aquafina, and I think that's enough. I don't think I should be required so to know other names than that. Paul, you and I, I think, don't need to know about the modern world because we both live in our own heads. We're happy where we are. We don't need to know who all these rappers are, you know? Why do I need to know what most deaf is doing? Oh you're asking the wrong person, though. Really, I mean, you're. This is most deaf. That's another one, right? Yeah. This is, is an actor now. This yeah, is like I know. The blind boys of Alabama leading the blind boys of Alabama. Yeah. Just to make a you know fairly current. 
reference from some a, a group from the last 40 or 50 I don't think you and I years. should be communicating in this modern medium. The podcast no. is a modern medium uh, listened to by a lot of very young uh, cool people and you and I are not qualified to be here. What's the difference between a podcast and a radio show by the way? I exactly. I think that all the time. Because I'm making a radio show and people keep going, no, 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 you're making a podcast. And I go, I think I know what I'm making. And they go, no, if you think you're making a radio show, then obviously you don't. A podcast. I love that story, don't you? Um, <laughs> I like the beginning and I like the middle. I didn't like the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. The ending was disappointing. I can fix the end. Uh, I'll take that note. Yeah. Uh, podcast is can be listened to at any time. I suppose that's one of the big differences. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, podcast comes from iPod. Oh, it's a pun on broadcast, but it was invented or sort of like popularized by the iPod. I didn't know that, and I've been doing one of these for a year and a half, and I didn't know that. I bet a lot of people that are listening right this moment didn't know that, and we would have no way of knowing whether they're lying or not. <laughs> so, yeah, I assume they're all lying. God, Every you go one of them. Look at that. You go angry. They're all liars. You go angry and bitter. Every time, right ever away. since you smashed that Every phonograph record in the snow, you're the baker. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're a delightful fellow. Thank you really you. are. And I, I know you're- Does that mean we're out of time? No. Are you wrapping just, it up right now? I can do whatever I want. Oh. I'm, I, the oh. great thing about a podcast I'm just curious. Is no I one's breathing down my neck. conserve my energy. Are we going to go out really? to this place uh, this, that you wrote down? <sighs> You mean right now? I, I can't mean, go now for NA, reasons. I can't go now. N.A. Working. Hello. Oh. Ring, 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 ring. Pick up. Hello. Who, you mean that line of celebrities out there was all waiting to do their next the next <laughs> podcast? How you mean the Backstreet Boys? <laughs> Griffin Dunn? Oh, my God. Wow. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Damn! Uh, right no. Are you challenging me to boys, come up with like boys to men names? Boys to men waiting out there in the hallway. <laughs> men at work. Yeah, <laughs> men at work out there. Thompson twins. There you go. Uh, if it's an '80s name, I know it. Uh, we weren't doing '80s trivia, were we? <laughs> no, but Sorry. Sade is out there <gasps> waiting to talk to me. Sade. <laughs> She told me it was Sade. Yeah, well, she pronounces it GIF also, so. Um, did you really have this this evening booked? Did you think you were you and I were going to have to go to dinner tonight? Because I want to go to dinner with I you. I hoped. When are we going to get to go? Let's just say I used the word hope in my mind. But, when are we going to go? But and as I got in the car to come over here, I realized, yeah, I haven't heard from him still. What is it now, seven weeks? I take it easy. I was um, in Stad with the weekend. What I want to do is make sure that we do this meal. For three months you were there? <laughs> I'm, oh, okay. Go ahead. It's your show. The weekend is a very slow skier. Oh. <clears throat> Listen, you and I... Downhill Skier. Huh? Isn't that the name of a movie? Oh, my God. You, Downhill yeah. Racer? Are Downhill you, something. What, are you okay? What's happened? Yeah, I don't know. Dunhill? Cigarettes? Um, I'll take things that begin with done for 100. <laughs> well, I think we're done. How about that? Ooh. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding. Segway. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. We are out of time. Uh, I do have to go and speak to all the guests that are waiting to speak with me. The, I have a lot of the lawyer for Raul Julia. Right now. Oh, you do? Oh, absolutely. You just made it very clear that you had uh, dinner Nothing blocked out for do. me. Yeah. <laughs> no. 
I take it all back. Do you have someone you can have dinner can with? Can we this? do a second take of this whole show? Uh, I think we just did. Uh, this is fantastic. I think you should be very happy with it. I'm thrilled. I'm so thrilled. I'm trying my best not to go dark and bitter right this second. But no, I like it. And my people will be contacting you to, <laughs> immediately as soon as I get in the car. You have no people, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Paul. Listen, you seem really busy. I'm going to let you let me run. And um, that, was, that was defensive. I will, uh, you and I are going to have this, this dinner. We're going to have this dinner. And it's going to be a really Early good time. Early 2021, I'm thinking. Right? Talking about? We're going to do it this month. Oh. We're doing it this month. <gasps> I wish I could. I mean, I wish I was available. <laughs> you're, not, you're booked the whole month? Well, I'm going out on tour. I don't think I've mentioned that more than two or three times, have I? How can I? How can people uh, see this show? We got to get the word out. They can't. It's sold out. So I have no ah, reason to plug. I love it, it when people plug stuff that's sold out. Yeah, me uh-huh, too. Fuck what a you. Feeling. <laughs> hey. You want to come? <laughs> good luck. Good luck. You missed the boat there, Skittles. Um, <laughs> what's your problem? That's, I'm so sorry. It's a candy. Okay. Uh, Paul, thank you so much. When we do go to dinner, I will pay for two thirds <gasps> of it. Thank you. And you can't thank me enough, I feel. You can't do enough for me, I feel. You have dead eyes. I'll just say that at the end. You're just looking right through me. Ooh. Uh, scared. Frightened. Now you're just making sounds. This is the end of the podcast. It's Paul Rubens. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.